Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Tuesday. We're back up and running. And listen, I want to start by saying a massive thank you to you guys. Murph reached out yesterday trying to get us involved with whatever uh, can only be described as absolute madness. A draft starting on Super Bowl Sunday. Crazy. But... Murph called the nation to arms and you guys responded, so thank you very much. Yeah, uh, really awesome to watch us, uh, watch you guys just take over his timeline on Twitter uh, for quite a while. He's big on Instagram, but you know we're, we're better on Twitter. We find it's a better communication tool. So yeah, to have a load of people tweet us, uh, the British are coming. He got so annoyed towards the end of it as well. It was, the GIF game was incredible. GIF, GIF, whatever. It was incredibly strong. Everybody had a different British GIF. Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. Very few duplicates, which was uh, impressive. So, yeah, I sent that to a ton of people in the morning. Um, thanks so much for, for doing it. I didn't expect to, one, get a response that quickly. But um, we're not done yet. Because whilst we have a spot, we want to get uh, listeners some spots. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, there is a guy on Instagram. And it's the Fantasy Football Show. Or at the Fantasy Football Show on Instagram or on Twitter. He's at the underscore Smitty, um, S-M-I-T-T-Y underscore show on Twitter. Or his YouTube, which is uh, the Fantasy Football Show, if you search that. Now, this guy's been in the industry for uh, a long time. CBS Radio works for Sleepy U, ranks on uh, Fantasy Pros. He's a legit ranker and legit fantasy analyst. 
And this guy is putting on a crazy 96-team tournament. Now, you know, we, we hosted a 256-team tournament. But the difference with this is all 96 teams draft in the same draft. So it's, it's so literally... So does that mean the first round is 96 teams? Correct. Every round is 96 What does that equate bit. down to normal fantasy-wise? What, in terms of... Because like, obviously there's, there's a certain amount of player each player available isn't it? so what's going to happen is he is putting eight players of or eight times of each player into the player pool so realistically if christian mccaffrey is the 101 if he falls the number nine well yeah so basically you could have the first eight picks be cmc 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 no more cmcs so then the 109 might be dalvin cook and then that might be yeah all the way through so what will happen is, if you're stuck at the end of that round, you're not going to get necessarily the premier. But then again, if you think you're not picking for every 96 picks, if you're on the ends there. But it's the same, surely. Yeah, I mean, it's the same principle, right? You're going to get an opportunity to double up in some areas and and really struggle in others. So it's a really crazy format. It's also uh, just three bench spots. Yeah, that's mad. So it's going to be absolute carnage. This tournament is incredible, which is why we wanted in. Uh, I was like, right, we've got to get in. So I'm, I'm chuffed that one we are in, but also don't want to be the only Brit. So for all of you that have participated so far, just keep doing what you're doing. Find his pinned tweet on Twitter. Find him on Instagram. Like his post. Interact with him. Say that at 5 Yard Rush sent us. Promote his league. Promote him. He is a cool... Guy he does a little. Uh, he does a podcast. He does. Uh, he does everything. He's YouTube, a, he's shows, big YouTube, YouTube shows. shows. So follow him on YouTube. Subscribe to him. I'll put links in the show notes or stocks will. But yeah, just follow him and embrace and just get at him and say, "I heard this league's cool. Five Yard Rush boys are in it. We want to represent uh, Britain. We want to take this tournament down. Make some noise. Get a spot because. Uh, and then what we will do. Hopefully, he gives us a couple of spots by you guys interacting because he knows we're the best community out there. And then what we'll do is everybody that has participated, we will raffle off the spots or we might just get people combined to play. So we get more people involved. We'll work out how you guys want to do it, but let's get a couple of spots from this guy and get in so that he knows that hashtag the British, the British are coming. Just, just fill up everything he's got. That's it. Just keep going. at him. But he's just an awesome guy. I was chatting to him on dms he's just a top guy he's doing what we're doing we're hustling we're grinding he's he's hu- funny as well. he is funny uh he's funny he's just he's got good sense of humor but actually his takes are solid i've been following on, on instagram for uh, a while now and he's he's knowledgeable he's a cool guy and i um i think we're going to try and get him on here as well um he's agreed to come on we've just got to work out the logistics and timings and stuff but yeah just do that just get involved Let's get a couple of spots for the nation. Let's get everyone in and then let's take this tournament down. And uh, yeah. Hashtag the British are coming. Hashtag the British are coming. That was class. I loved it. You better watch out, Smitty. You better watch out. That's right. So, Murph, we've got two Listener League winners still to claim their t-shirts. Do you know who they are off the top of your head? Yeah. um, I'm speaking to one, so just got to get that sorted. The other one is uh, Dave Long. So, Dave, if you're listening. Dave, man. Haven't heard from you. Um, I can chase you through other portals, I just haven't yet, but just get back in contact, 
with me um and we'll get those sorted out we're just waiting on those last details and we'll get t-shirts pushed out to people uh asap and then dermy we've still got your shirt mate you won it congratulations let us know you won it <laughs> yeah come on dermy i know you listen too so pull your finger maybe out. you maybe it's the whole christmas thing but listen uh really want you to claim it so just uh reach out to us you know where to find us uh you're typically a facebook messenger guy so just get in touch via facebook messenger or sleeper uh yeah or claim your shirt mate um it's a signed on the former texan shirt so look good on your wall yeah (laughs) we can we can take down Corey davis yeah we should take down Corey. (laughs) in fact we have a peyton barber to go up. we have a peyton barber to go up it's just over there in the corner so we'll we'll definitely swap it out at some point and we're gonna get a josh allen oh we are i keep chasing the helmet murph but People want that helmet way too much. Well, maybe not after Sunday but or Saturday, but we'll get to that. Okay, fair, fair. So, yeah. 2020 Listener Leagues, Rush Nation. We're sorting out ideas for them. It was a big success last year. So, tweet us at 5 Rush what types of leagues you would like to play in next season. Don't know how many we're going to do. We're going to keep it. Well, we're obviously going to have the Champions League or the Champions, Champions of Champions. Champions. So, then... yeah, the Champions of Champions is going to happen. Uh, everyone knows about that. That's if you finished uh, first place in one of the listener leagues or runners-up in any of the ones that we won. Plus, we had a spot in case we bombed. I don't know why we did that <laughs> as insurance. Cause we were obviously going to take something down to take two. It was good. But it just means... Yeah, it just... Listen, we like crazy, wacky ideas. We put some really crazy leagues. A wide receiver-only league... We did a starters only with no bench league with a ton of IDP spots. Um, just get in touch if you want to try something. Uh, Dan Johnson, shout out to Dan. He got in touch um, and said he heard of a really cool idea, which was a jersey league. And we're definitely going to do that. I'm going to keep that to people who are really active with the pod. Um, Talking of that, if you become a Patreon over on patreon.com forward slash five yard rush, and you are a Patreon, even if you've just gone into the tip jar level, you can automatically get into that shirt league because that shows you are a, I don't know, uh, a, a higher ranked member of the nation, shall we say. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're on our Patreon, that gets you access to all the tournaments that we will do that have uh, exclusivity. So the FFCC is coming back in 2020. We've had over 100 people already fill it up. It's the beginning of January, which is mad. Um but if you are if you are a paid member of the pod, you are supporting the podcast, you get automatic entry into that, no questions asked. And with any other exclusive tournaments, so such as that, exclusive leagues, exclusive events we do, that is it, you will get in. So we put a tip jar up over Christmas. If you just want to chuck us a couple of bucks to say, hey, you helped us win a league, just, yeah, just do that. Anything we get allows us to put on really cool prizes, really cool events, uh, more giveaways. We don't take any of the money, as we've said before. Everything goes back to you guys. So it's just allowing us to get bigger and better. Yeah, and you might also end up with a pretty sweet hoodie or T-shirt as well if you join one of the bigger tiers. Yeah, so and that was the other thing. So we did the other tiers where it's slightly more investment, but you already get something out of it with the hoodies. And I know it's off-season we're going to do a lot of cool stuff. The guys have all been coming together with ideas. This this pod doesn't die. It will be out every week, at least two times a week, if not more. Uh, got some amazing guests. We've got some amazing stuff to do, amazing stuff to give away. So just keep uh, topping up the fund, and that will really help us do even more. Yeah. 
Oh, and, and not to mention, Valentine's is only a month away, so if you're listening and you know that your partner would like a hoodie or a t-shirt, don't necessarily have to sign up to the Patreon. If you at us on Twitter, we can send you some of the designs and the prices for either of those. Shop's not up and running yet. Uh, we are working on that desperately hard. But yeah, if you fancy a bit of merch, you can get sort of exclusive advice, not advice, advancement on that. Because if you at us on Twitter or Facebook or Insta, send us a little DM and we can send you some designs and some costs and you can go for it that way. That's right. And they're cool. You can see because this is uh, finally out on YouTube. I'm wearing one of the new designs, which Stock's got me for, for Christmas. Never flex on Thursday. So this is one of the exclusive designs. Can't get one of these. This is a staff jumper. So they're sorry. one of the originals. <laughs> um, so yeah. And the, the last thing we need, we've kind of asked for a lot this week, but do you know what? we put this out for free we've given you hundreds of hours of entertainment i don't mind having the the begging bowl out before we start the show proper uh, reviews keep asking every week please just keep topping up the reviews it helps to scale the rankings you know we finished above podcasts over christmas such as the ddfp uh the pick six podcast from cbs with will brinson who uh yeah who exactly just like wwe movement they just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so listen just Please write us reviews. If you've written this one and want to write us another, steal your wife's uh, or, <laughs> or, or or husband or partner or whoever. Mother. Uh, mother, sister, cousin, uh, train buddy, whoever. Uh, phone for a little bit and just write us a review. Just really helps us, again, elevate and gets us noticed. Um, there were people like Smitty who had never heard of us and we just said, right, you never heard of us? We bought the noise. Watch this. So reviews help escalate that we get on more people's radars and all of a sudden it's instead we've got people that are asking to come on this podcast really good uh fantasy analysts i had one today who uh was on another podcast and i sent a message saying really loved it it's got a new book coming out and uh, he said, actually, I'd really love to come on your podcast. It better not be Joe Pizzapier. It's again. not Joe Pizzapier, don't yeah. worry. Joe Pizzapier is, listen, Joe's got an open invite. He comes back. Oh, no, back. for sure. I was just thinking it can't be Joe time again. It was only Christmas Day we last heard him. <laughs> listen, it's always Joe time. Everybody needs a little bit of Joe in, in their lives. But no, it's, it's someone new, someone I don't think many people would have heard of, but really, really enjoyed the podcast he was on, and he's going to be on in a couple of weeks time so I'm not going to go into too much because I don't want to spoil it well Joe's coming back not Joe the, this other guest I don't even know who this is like, guys, I know you like, don't because like... it's, it's only happened the last couple of hours okay fair so yeah I'll tell you after okay cool so why don't we talk some wildcard weekend because it was I think it was, overall it was a pretty good weekend football wise uh, I thought the first three games were exceptional I think as good a wildcard weekend I can remember maybe the 2012 playoffs they were quite exceptional but I think I Really look forward. I like the lineup. Some of the games I was a bit concerned about turned out to be great. One of them was a terrible squib. That uh, that Seahawks Eagles game might be one of the worst games of football I've seen. I turned it off with I think maybe five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So Dave Mongren, who's our Vikings fan, he was obviously ecstatic. He dropped me a message on on Twitter, um, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm so buzzed." And I was like, "Yeah." And now we've got the Seattle. Uh, Eagles game and I just I don't know if I've got it in me to watch this game because I told you last week this will be the lowest scoring game of the weekend I told you that it will be and you were like no it's the second highest line finished as lowest scoring I, I, you game know, of the weekend uh, by, by quite some distance as well it was terrible 
Yeah. It was as bad as I knew it was going to be. I have to admit, I have not seen anything of it. Not even a tiny little bit. There's no need to... They, they, literally, DK Metcalf is the only reason to watch that game. Russell Wilson was fine. He did well. Um, but really, it was the DK Metcalf show. Uh, you can kind of forget anything else that happened. Okay. But okay. we'll cover the wildcard weekend now, I guess. Well, so, yeah, let's start with the Texans coming back from 16 nothing down to beat the Bills 22-19 in overtime. Big comeback from Deshaun Watson and company. I went to bed. Oh, I had to be up stupid early Sunday. So I think I went to bed about half past 10 our time. So that was midway through the... Th- no, I don't even... It was about half time. Yeah, I went to bed at half time. I was going to say midway through the third, but I didn't see any of the third because the Bills were winning 16 nothing, And I thought, well, this one's got to be over because the Bills are playing lights out so far. And then I woke up and they'd lost 22-19. This game is crazy. Um, this is an example of a team that just lost a little bit of confidence when it really mattered. Um, it, and I, that's really all there is to say. They absolutely dominated the first three quarters of this game, minus the last couple of minutes. Um, the, they were really, really good, the Bills. They came out, the D was strong, Texans were struggling, just couldn't get anything anything going at all. Um, it was 13 nothing at half time, and they just really had it sort of by the horns, went 16 nothing up, and then it was on the drive towards the end of the third quarter that... Uh, Deshaun Watson scrambled in and then all of a sudden it just seemed to be that the the Texans just had control and the Bills forgot what they were doing. They gave the ball to Frank Gore. They stopped. They moved away from what was successful. Josh Allen, he looked scared. He looked really nervous. Um, The touchdown happens. And and really from that point on, you kind of knew where this was, this was going to go. And then, um, you know, then they get actually nineteen sixteen up, and then the Bills put together a really good gutsy drive uh, at the end there to get the the extra field goal to tie the game. Um, it was like eleven blaze something like that. So went to overtime. This game went a long way into overtime. I think there was only three minutes left. I, I mm-hmm. really thought at one point it was going to get a second overtime. Uh, both teams had a possession, didn't get very far, and then the Texans went all the way down. Uh, 73 yard drive and uh yeah ended up taking it in with a field goal so uh big big disappointment for i thought josh allen played for three quarters of this game i thought he played very well he made some horrible mistakes in the fourth quarter i think he lost 30 yards on two plays one was like a, a lateral that just went backwards and uh yeah the intentional he, grounding as well wasn't yeah it? i it just it just again he just got frazzled and and the play calling went negative there. I, I always felt if they got to 20 points, I actually Sukdeep, who is a Tampa Bay fan, we were chatting, and the Texans fumbled the ball, and it was uh, 13 nothing at the time. And he's like, that's it, it's game over. And I went, no, if, if they score the touchdown and they get to 20, this game's over. And then they kick the field goal, and that, that just gives the Texans... I always just believe the Texans with... A sniff. When it's two scores, I always think that with what they've got on offense, they can just about get back into it. I think if they got to 20, this game was done. So it's those fine margins. But they'll learn and they'll get better. I, I still think they've had an exceptional year. A lot of people decide to slate Josh Allen when they praised him in the first. I really hate that when people praise a performance. He was so good in the first half. And yes, OK, he had a really bad fourth quarter, probably as bad as anyone could have. But he's a very young quarterback I think he showed a lot of guts, a lot of heart. 
um, first playoff performance. Um, he just unfortunately didn't get it done, but he wasn't the only one that let his side down. No, not at all. Let's move on to the next game. And then the Patriots got dumped out of the playoffs after a 2013 defeat to the Titans. This is Brady's last, is this Brady's last game in New England? This game was weird. Um, I, I was in the land of Nod by now. Yeah, I, uh, the thing is, I, I watched this game the following morning, so I didn't know uh, too much about the score, and then I saw a text, and I was like, oh, okay, fine, now I know what it is. Um, but I tried to watch it with, with fresh eyes, even though it was the morning, and the Patriots played, I don't think they played as badly as everyone's really uh, cutting into them to believe. And, you know, they, they held Ryan Tannehill to 72 yards passing. So it's not it's not like... They were immediately bad, and Tom Brady wasn't wasn't terrible either. You know, he got let down. Edelman drops one in the fourth quarter, changes the game. Um, and I mean, we're talking dollies here. He's dropping dollies. This it was. I had caught that, and so would you. Um, you know, Tony Michelle didn't get it done. James White looked good. They just didn't have enough weapons, and it looked very clear and obvious that everyone's saying like Brady shot. I don't think he is. I just there was no one there to to pass to there was no one there to really connect with the d was good again but the man of the hour was was derrick henry off the back of winning the rushing title i mean he carried the ball 34 times in this game hasn't he had something like 67 times in the last two weeks or something stupid yeah, like that absolute workhorse so he he carried the ball for 34 times for 182 yards he also had a 22 yard reception so he had 204 yards from scrimmage in this game big day Absolutely massive day. That was a huge proportion of his team's offense, right? Oh, it was almost all of it. I mean, barring 76 yards of passing, 72 from Tannehill and uh, Mariota came in for one, for one play. Um, and then there was 19 other rushing yards. So you're talking about 76, uh, you're talking about 95 yards from all other players. It's just not... It doesn't 66 really... or odd percent there. Yeah, ridiculous <laughs> amount. And And the thing was... What was impressive is that the Patriots were leading at halftime. The Titan, um, sorry, just before the half, the Titans drove the ball and really drove the ball down. And I think Derek Henry got every yard on that drive, and literally <laughs> every yard on the on the drive for all seventy five yards of it um, to to take the lead. Um, yeah, it was seven plays for seventy five yards right before the half. Um, one play before the two-minute warning, and everything just went to to him. So um, it was a great performance from them. And then, you, I mean, everyone will talk about the pick six. Ultimately, it didn't really change the outcome of the game. It's 14-13. The Titans went for two to try and ice the game, didn't do it. It actually, with that outcome, actually gave the Patriots a slight bump in percentage to win the game, believe it or not. Because at 14-13, they're on their own, uh, I think it was like a six. They were, they were penned in deep. So what happened was when, oh, it was nine, the nine-yard line. So what happened was Logan Ryan takes it in for the uh, for the touchdown, moves it from 14 to 20. They missed the two-point conversion. But there's more likelihood to return a kickoff than there is to go, because there was only 10, 20 seconds on the clock. So oh, it was nine seconds on the clock. So, you know, in terms of to go 80 or 91, 92 yards in nine seconds or to try and do it on a kick return, what's more likely. Mm. Um, so, yeah, unfortunate. I, I I don't know whether this is Brady's last game in New England. I'm not going to speculate. 
Do you think if Belichick leaves, Brady goes too? Well, I don't think Belichick's leaving. Um, we'll get on to why in a minute in the news because it's been a crazy day uh, from coaching hires. So I don't, I don't think Belichick leaves. And if Belichick's not leaving, I don't think that's really the end or be all for Brady. I think it's a case of does he really believe that he's going to get one more shot to go to the dance with this team, or is that is that really it? And if that's the case, where does he go to? Um, the decision is entirely Brady's. I I think, as much as I'm not a Patriots fan, I think it would be a real shame for him to go somewhere else. Yeah, I really do. I think I think it'd be nice to see him go one more year at New England and retire gracefully. Um, but I don't think he was as much the reason for them losing this game as people have really made out. And I know a lot of people were really happy and and really dug out Patriots fans. And you're like, fine, but. I didn't really like it Monday morning on all the or oh, Sunday morning with all the Facebook groups and everything we're in, where I, I appreciate that the Patriots have won a lot of games and have won a lot of titles, and it's nice to have a new winner, and, and I, I don't dispute that. But it was very tribal, and people were attacking Patriots fans. And I really hated it. I was like, this is why they're the things I really hate about soccer. Was just there's having a laugh and joke. I'll text my mates when that their team loses and it's banter, but I wouldn't actively go out to a bunch of people I don't know no, no, no. and provoke them when their team have lost. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can be a little bit in jest, um, but there were some really nasty comments and I, I didn't like that, to be honest. And I think it showed um, a lack of grace and class, but, oh, well, we've got new champions this year and it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, I've been on the end of some, some Patriots backlashing and, I'm not even a Patriots fan or wasn't even saying, you know, so yeah. I, I feel that it's not really needed, is it, to be fair? But I suppose people want something new and this time we're going to get it, like you say. So the next game I did watch, the Vikings caused the biggest shock of the weekend, beating the Saints 26-20 in overtime. The touchdown pass by Kirk Cousins to Kyle Rudolph after an absolute dime, deep dime to Adam Thielen. Yeah, There were some huge passes in that game. Taysom Hill unleashed an absolute monster. Yeah, I mean, the, there were two sides to this. The, there was the Taysom Hill side where he was <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, definitely his best game of his career. Uh, we got some stats in the streets later, but he was absolutely brilliant. Um, but I thought Breeze, Breeze didn't look like Breeze for the second year in a row coming into the playoffs. I don't think he had a good game. Uh, yards per attempt were down. Everything was kind of down in their performance. Kamara looked jaded, didn't look sharp, couldn't break a tackle. Um, you had Thomas was restricted because the ball wasn't getting to him. Uh, no one else really in that supporting cast did anything. Uh, Jared Cook didn't see the lot of the ball. Thought the D was good, didn't think it was exceptional. The Vikings D was pretty good. They were fantastic. They were really after it. And, I, and do you know what? Kirk Cousins, he gets a hard time, but, you know, I really really liked when he was in the locker room afterwards <laughs> and there's that meme where he goes you like that and uh he went to everyone in the dressing room and went you like that and i thought yeah what a way to silence your critics and congratulations to kirk cousins it's the shock of the weekend but a fantastic performance and why we love the the playoffs yeah and and i you know it was the biggest shock probably but then considering last week we said it wouldn't be that much of a shock if the Vikings did beat the Saints and we I you know, I said they would cover the seven and a half yeah. on the pod and going into overtime that was it because you're only ever gonna score six. six in for a TD. So they covered going into overtime win or lose and their D was 
they mixed it up big time and apparently they've credited the Atlanta Falcons D for when they played the Saints and the Falcons beat the Saints by mm. using a lot of pressure up the middle and there was a lot of times where Daniil Hunter and Emerson Griffin were put into the middle of the defensive line and I think, I don't know how many sacks they had between them but Griffin and Hunter were, were good all day. I thought Daniil Hunter was, was absolutely fantastic and uh, I believe in the last two, maybe even three seasons... He leads the league for in terms of fumbles and in uh, fumbles and forced interceptions um, and turnovers from quarterback pressures wow. over everybody, including Aaron Donald, and he's been absolutely outstanding. And even that secondary, which hasn't looked great, did a good job. Couldn't cover um, Taysom Hill for Toffee, but everybody <laughs> else kind of was kept in in check. But have you seen the meme of Taysom Hill where it says? Uh... Uh, Sean Payton asks Taysom Hill what position court, p- position you play and Taysom Hill replies with yes. <laughs> Just plays everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. He was, he was great. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was some, I mean, there was a lot of great performances all around. But we said that the Saints are one of those teams that can lose to anybody. and They are the epitome of any given Sunday, aren't they? They really are. I, they're, they're the team that I just, you know, I remember when everyone was picking the Saints on the Christmas Day show and I was like... I just don't buy it. I just do not back them to win those games. They've now lost six six games in the playoffs. The last six times they've been eliminated from the playoffs, they've lost by one score. Um, and it's the third consecutive year that they've gone out on the last play. And like it, you know, you can put it down to bad luck and bad calls. And that's not PI for me. Um, maybe I should have looked at it more, but... If you're going to call that as PI, you're going to call that 20 times a game. I just think, let's not be sad losers about it. You're beaten by a better football team on the day. Um, The Vikings thoroughly deserve to win the game. The outcome was correct. I don't think it was a big controversy. I don't want it to be a big controversy. but Certainly not as big as last year, anyway. No, absolutely not. (laughs) And then the last one we've mentioned, the Seahawks. They won the Battle of the Birds 7-9 in a game overshadowed by Carson. 17-9. 17 9 apologies in a game overshadowed by Carson Wentz leaving with a concussion. Yeah, he went down to Giovanni Clowney. He should, for me, have been ejected in this game. Uh, Do you think he should have been ejected for the initial hit or for following afterwards, then going with his head? Yeah, I think if you if you go helmet to helmet on somebody like that and they're knocked out of the game, you've got to go. End of. Because it wasn't, it wasn't your quintessential helmet to helmet, was it? In the well, fact that... it's hard to prove intent, right? Am I saying Giovanni Clowney went in there and intentionally hurt? Um, Carson, Wentz. Carson Wentz absolutely not I wouldn't say that of many people unless it's absolutely clear as day and we've had a few instances where that's happened Vontis perfect for example right but <laughs> I do example. think I do yeah just <laughs> casually out there but I do think that that particular example when you go helmet to helmet on a quarterback it, it cannot stand and regardless of whether you mean it or not Carson Wentz's playoff career might be over. They might, I mean, I doubt it given that division, right? But ultimately, you're looking at this saying that his game and his season was ended by that contact that really should in is illegal because helmet to helmet is not allowed. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if it's not allowed and it's knocked him out of the game, you have to eject Clowney for me, just end off, especially on a quarterback. I think you'll, you'll sometimes get some, if you've got one where you're diving in and you make the tackle with the helmet, you, that's it, you've got to go. If it's one where it's a clashing ahead, both players are running towards the same moving ball, and it happens, and it's clearly accident. And that I mean, that's clearly accidental when 
both are trying to receive a ball where they clash heads. That's completely different to one player is, is holding on to the ball and the other one dives in to make the tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he should have gone. And, it, it, you know, Josh McCown, 40 years old, just, you know, bless him, effort, incredible execution, not so. It, yeah, they lost their best wide receiver when Josh McCown had to go and play quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost thought I was going to get more, like, morphed through the TV to go and play wide receiver here. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to spend any more time on this game. It was pretty pretty poor. Um, Seahawks advance. They, um, they get the Packers next. That'll be an interesting game. It's going to be snowy as well, isn't it, apparently? Uh, it's going to be cold. Definitely cold. It's going to be uh, probably around 24. And degrees. then in, in Baltimore, isn't it going to be like 14 degrees or something absolutely balmy? Could be could be Baltic, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right then, let's do some news because today has been absolutely madness. Yeah, I've, I've written this about eight times because every time I think I'm, I'm done. So are, are you done? Or we can we can roll in now? Uh, yeah, I haven't had anything through. I've got a rap sheet open. That's why I keep checking my phone. Um, for other bits and pieces, I haven't had anything overly uh, significant other than uh, well, the first item is now being completely and officially confirmed uh, by the Panthers, which is that Matt Rule is officially the Carolina Panthers head coach. I'm looking at a Twitter feed that was posted seven minutes ago, and Matt Rule is officially the coach of the Carolina uh, Panthers. Now, who, if you're not into college football, who's he? I hear you cry. Um, so. Uh, Matt Rule is coach of Baylor. Which is in Texas. Yeah, we learned that last week. Um, so, yeah, um, had a pretty good season this year um, where they made a bowl game, got beat by Oregon. Actually, absolutely uh, thumped by them, really. The scoreline was closer than really the game uh, suggested. And uh, But he's credited with really turning that program around, uh, bringing in good ethos. He's a coach that players really respond to in fact in preparations for the bowl game he actually told them that he was going for head coaching interviews um, and let them know and the players actually really appreciated his honesty and the upfrontness that he is Um, he's someone that's got a bit of a bag of tricks good play caller Um, he should be quite an exciting coach it looked uh, all the while he was probably going to go to New York very strong New York ties uh, but he went to Carolina. He met with Dave Tepper. Dave Tepper made him an offer he couldn't refuse, which was a seven-year, $62.5 million deal, which is an uh, obscene amount of money for a first-time head coach. And then on top of that, he then turned around and said, well, I technically still have an appointment with the Giants, so he gave the Giants the opportunity to guarantee that they would match that to get on a plane. They said no, and we'll say why in a minute. And he is now the Carolina Panthers head coach. And I think Panthers fans should be relatively excited. Um, you get a lot of college coaches that, I say a lot, in, in relation to the grand scheme of things. There's not hundreds of openings every year. So um, he's one I think can step up and, and do a job. And I think it'd be really exciting to see what he does uh, next season. Wherever they keep Cam, they've got a lot of things to sort out. But if I was a Carolina Panthers uh, fan tonight, I'd be pretty happy with Matt Rule based on what I've seen over the last couple of years. Antonio, let us know how you're feeling. Absolutely. And uh, who else do we know that's a Panthers fan? I'm sure we know a few. Rob. Rob? Yeah. And anyone else? Just let us know what you feel about it. Just mention the Giants. The other Rob as well. Pitsy's mate, who you saw at the... Yeah. 
I'm trying to remember. Was uh, that NFL? Was game. that Rob? That was a Robbers. Sorry, Rob. I'm very sorry. I, uh, <laughs> You're bad with names. I didn't even meet him. You did. Yeah, <coughs> we did. Yeah. I'm, I definitely not. I remember Pitsy, and then his friend Rob, who may or may not have been called Rob. I don't remember. I'm, I'm very sure sorry. his name is Rob. If it wasn't Rob, then I'm right, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was probably I can probably verify Rob. this fact quite quickly for you, don't worry. All right. So I'll move on anyway. The Patriots special team coach, Joe Judge, is the new New York Giants head coach. Rob Murph's giving me the thumbs up. It was Rob. Here's Rob. Rob's not the head coach of the New York Giants, but... Well, Rob, if you are listening, let us know what you think about the Carolina Panthers' new hire. <laughs> so Patriots special team coach, like I just mentioned, Joe Judge, is... But it's not been announced yet? Not officially. It's all sort of gone through the Ian Rappaport, um, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter world of leaked, according to sources. Um, he's told Bill Belichick, but it's not officially been announced like Matt Rule was just a few moments ago. Um, Joe Judge is, he's 38. There's not a lot to tell about him. He is the special teams coach for the Patriots. He also was this season the wide receivers uh, coach as well to fill a hole there um, we know in recent years lots of coaches have come from that uh, Belichick coaching tree where mm. you've had Brian Flores down in Miami uh, you've got um, Mike Vrabel at Tennessee who just knocked the Patriots out uh, you've got Matt Patricia in Detroit you've got quite a few that have been scattered around but this this current crop of coaching staff I thought Brian Flores did an amazing job this year Mike Vrabel Arguably, probably the best so far of all the Belichick disciples. But um, Joe Judge is someone who has been getting additional support from Bill Belichick himself. Bill Belichick speaks very highly of him. Uh, He's someone who has gone out of his way to actually mentor him about how to build a program and coach a team. So even though he's 38 and he's young, um, Bill Belichick has personally mentored Joe Judge, he's been with the Patriots organization nearly eight years. So um, everyone's going to make the comp to John Harbaugh because he was a special teams coach before he coached at the Baltimore Ravens and won a Super Bowl and has now got the number one seed again. But ultimately, there is a decent track record of special teams coordinators becoming head coaches in the NFL. And um, I think Belichick and Harbaugh both have been... Uh, screaming for a while for a special teams coordinator to get a chance at head coach and tonight it looks like we've we've got one in Joe Judge and we'll see what happens but I actually have to commend the Giants organization for doing something a bit out of the box you know I thought they'd go with Matt Rule yeah Matt Rule because he's just been linked with them and it, uh, you know uh, it's been connected with that organization is from the area uh, or they'd go down a uh, McDaniel's route or you know a lot of talk about Jason Garrett who we'll come to in in just a moment you know to 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 go with everyone was like I didn't even know he'd interviewed he interviewed last week for the job I think it's a it's an astute hire potentially and it's different I think if I was a Giants fan I'd be pretty pleased as well because normally they go out they get a, an underwhelming head coaching choice um, who has come from uh, it's got a bit of a, a reasonable success at coordinator, but hasn't set the world alight. They tend to hire young coordinators. I mean, Pat Shermer had a coaching job with the Browns that wasn't all too successful. <laughs> ben McAdoo is probably one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. Um, so I, I like the fact they've done something a little different. And if it doesn't work out, you can't say they didn't take a shot. So, yeah. 
Talking of the Giants, we don't know yet on this one, but Jason Garrett has been finally fired from Dallas. And uh, this was announced in a very Jerry Jones way during the Eagles playoff game. Yeah, not better at all, was he? No, not at all. Uh, Jason Garrett's been in talks with the Giants. Yep, so the Giants requested permission. So this was quite a funny turn of events because about 30 minutes before Joe Judge was leaked to be the head coach, and I've got no doubt that was leaked because of this uh, link, Jason Garrett, uh, the New York Giants organization, requested to speak to Jason Garrett. And everyone was thinking, here we go, Jason Garrett's going to be the new head coach of the, the New York Giants. And then I think they realised that actually they can't let that go on too long. So I think they, they, they definitely leaked the, the Joe Judge uh, news. So um, It's gone just, on long enough. It's gone on long enough. So there were a lot of people that had 30 minutes of fun out there. Um, I think there's a podcast, um, I think it might be the CBS Today, uh, F- Football Today podcast, where actually that whole thing goes in real time where they, they start just as Matt Rule was announced as head coach of the Panthers and they're talking about that. Then it's just sort of announced that Jason Garrett's been requested for permission to speak and halfway through the podcast it gets announced that Joe Judge, it's quite a special moment, it's quite worth a listen to if you don't <laughs> listen to it, um, was the head coach. What? Heck, as head coach? What? Because one of them's a Giants fan. It was great. Um, but it does look like that, Mike, um, that Jason Garrett is going to be considered to be the new um, offensive coordinator. So that's what he's going to be interviewed for, not for the head coaching position. Okay, cool. So Mike McCarthy has been hired as the Dallas Cowboys head coach on a five-year deal. Yeah, I, I like this hire. Again, I think um, I think he had to go in Green Bay. It was stale. Um, he was losing the power struggle to Aaron Rodgers. I think it was something that was getting to the point where it was – it just wasn't working anymore and you someone had to go and it had to be Mike McCarthy but I think it's a reasonably good appointment because he's a winner he's got a ring um he gets teams to playoffs Jerry wants to compete and I think if you're Mike McCarthy you look at the situation you got fired from a year ago I would say that Dallas is probably an upgrade I know that the the Packers are 13 and 3 and the two seed in the NFC I can't help that a combination of a puff schedule mixed with um, some very fortunate circumstances led to them getting getting that result and getting to where they are. Whereas I look at that Dallas roster from top to bottom and think almost everywhere it's better. It's a better offensive line. It's a better wide receiver core. All right, it's not as good a quarterback, but that Prescott's not a bad quarterback. You know, you can work with him. He's not He's not bottom 10. You know, he's One he, of the best running backs. Yeah, you've got arguably one of the two, three best running backs in the league. Um like I said, probably the best, second best offensive line in the league. You've got a pretty good defensive front. Secondary needs some work, safety, cornerbacks. Probably the best linebacking core, though. But great linebacking core, make a lot of tackles. And young, too. Young line. I mean, you've got Sean Lee, who probably needs replacing, but you've got Van Der Escher, who's young, who I really like. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot to work with. If you're Mike McCarthy, you're looking at that situation thinking, if I can just get on with Jerry Jones, that's not a bad job. But he needs to get some coordinators. Yeah, for sure. There's a decent, decent team there that just needs to be untapped. Mike Nolan, former 49ers head coach who hired McCarthy to be his OC for a season, will be the new DC in Dallas. Yeah, so Mike Nolan was coach of the 49ers. Uh, he hired McCarthy the year before he became Green Bay coach. Um, so really, I think Mike McCarthy got the, the Green Bay job on the back of his year with the 49ers. Um, so he owes a lot to Mike Nolan. and He's paid him back by giving him a job. Um, in Dallas, uh, who the OC will be yet to be determined. But again, any time you can get a former head coach as your coordinator, 
it's a real position of strength. Mm-hmm. I looked at um, Todd Bowles at uh, Tampa a lot this season. And I know he wasn't the best head coach in the world in, in New York. I don't think he was terrible. He had to go. He deserved to go. Time was up. But his experience, five years as a head coach in the NFL, and now he, I mean, he turned that defense around, especially second half of the season. And I think when you've got that and you've been a head coach, you command that. You're, you're used to leading and you command the room a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think guys like that really do a good job, probably more so than up-and-coming guys, because they don't know how far they can stretch the limit. Whereas if you've been a head coach and you've been fired for being a head coach, it's not that you don't care. You do care. You want to do a good job for the guy who's hired you, but you know what you can and can't, and can't get away with. Yeah. Um, it does look like Kellen Moore, I've just been reading, um, might retain his job as the OC next year but he will have to learn the Mike McCarthy offense okay that'll be interesting to see how that pans out yeah so we talked about Wade Phillips the Rams defensive coordinator last week and the Rams are going to move on for him when his contract runs out at the end of the month I saw his sort of exit tweet and it said that he thanked the Rams for his three years in charge and still feels like he has something to offer the league at the position or as a as a coordinator of some sort so I, I you know, what he did in Denver was good and it'd be nice to see him continue in the league. Yeah, I mean, again, you're talking about a former head coach who um, has been a coordinator for many years. Um, he's going to offer something to somebody. Um, I'm looking at these new guys. So I'm looking at um, Joe Judge. I'm looking at uh, Matt Rule and thinking, Wade Phillips might be, if you can convince Wade Phillips to go. We, we've seen first-year head coaches. We talked about Freddie Kitchens a lot on this podcast, how he just tried to do too much. Mm-hmm. I would be, if I was one of these two guys, I'd be on the phone being, Wade, come up for an interview. Let's talk. I'll give you, f- that's what Sean McVay did. Let's not forget, Sean McVay, three years ago, he got the job as an offensive genius. Wasn't the best defensive mind. Didn't have to be. Never really dealt with it. What did he do? He went and got Wade Phillips and went, there you go. You take care of that side of the ball. Yeah. I don't want to know. I'll deal with the offense. You deal with the defense. I'll get you weapons. I'll get you what you need. You just, you just do you. Yeah, yeah. And and if you, and you couldn't ask as a first-time head coach for a better guy than Wade Phillips as your DC at bar none. So if I was Matt Rule, if I was Joe Judge, I'd have already tried to make contact. I'd be like, right, come in. Let's have a chat. What is it going to take? Because if if any of those programs can get him, they're going to be they're going to be in a good place. One hundred percent. So this next one, I've got a bit of beef with Josh. Drink on this one. So Tua has declared that he's coming into the NFL twenty twenty draft. Now every now and again, Josh sends me a message saying, "My source, he's got, he's in. I think he's in some sort of Madden league or something." And there's a guy in there who claims to have all these sources and stuff and he keeps sending me this message he's like oh Tua's gonna stay in the college for one more year because he's gone to see a specialist in New York and and it's it's done well for his knee so he's gonna I said what are you talking about why is why having a good knee now before the draft means he'll stay in college because it raises his draft stock you know before Joe Burrow had his year this year Tua was the quarterback of that draft class yeah that, that doesn't matter at the end of the day Tua Tua now He's going to go in the top five. Yeah. But he's going to go in the top five. Does a, it matter if you go at one or five? It doesn't really. The, the difference is he's going to lose out over the course of a contract one, two million bucks. And and, and going at one to the Bengals who are quarterback needy 
if they take Burrow and somehow the next coming teams pass on him or the Chargers who are at six, six, yep. they might trade up. He could land at LA, which is a far better location than Cincinnati. I I would be shocked if he goes anywhere, and it's so early, if he goes anywhere other than Miami. I think this has worked out brilliantly for Miami. Because 100%. They were tanking for two. That was the, that was the hashtag. Yeah, they've not had to tank. Got some really good young talent in, acquired a load of draft picks, won a few games, built some momentum in the second half of the season, and then might still get him anyway. And then now, the best case scenario for the Miami Dolphins here is you've got a quarterback next season in Ryan Fitzpatrick who is completely fine with mentoring a quarterback. He's just happy to get on a field. If you went to Fitzy and went, Fitzy, one more year. You're one more year. Have a farewell tour around the NFL. He's going to love it. Do you <laughs> think he's the sort of a person that's going to be threatened by Tua? He's not going to care. No. He's going to be like, right, keep me on the staff for two years. I'll start for one. I'll back him up in case he's not completely fit. I'll do a two-year deal. I'll be the starter this year and I'll be on the bench next year. And then I'll retire gracefully. Thanks very much. I've had a great career. He's just there for the ride. And, and he's the sort of player that is fine with that. You don't have this succession plan. He's a lot of fun. Miami Dolphin fans aren't disillusioned here. They, they know they're not going to make the playoffs unless something miraculous happens next season. So they're fine with what happens next season. They, they, have, they pick some good young players. They've got a lot of draft picks. Uh, they get two in. I'd probably look to phase two in, maybe get him a week 16, week 17 game, maybe give him two games. Uh, take all the pressure off. Let him start in 2021. A la Patrick Mahomes. I think it's great. I th- I think it's all kind of working out nicely. If they, they just need to get him, but I think that that almost fits a little bit too well. They've just got to be careful if someone jumps up the board. That's yeah, the only yeah. thing they've got. But the, the team that can counter that more than anybody is the Miami Dolphins. And I've got absolutely no doubt that the organization there have been in touch with the teams or will be in touch with the teams at two, three, and four and say, if you get an offer, we'll beat it. Give us a call. Yeah, yeah. I've got absolutely no... Because Miami Dolphins is the team you want to trade with because they've got all the picks. So the Dolphins can afford to overpay. They can afford to overpay. The other teams can't because they don't have the collateral. But the Dolphins will overpay for Tua. Okay, fair enough. I mean, now this is a video show, Rush Nation. You can't see behind the glass, but our boy Lee is there with the camera duty. Yeah, he is. Smiling like a Cheshire cat. So... Yeah, I think he's pretty pleased with all this information. And don't forget, Lee, we talked week one, didn't we? We we had the Miami special about the tanking and you know, the plan all along was the ownership love Tua and that was what that's what they wanted. They wanted Tua, they wanted him in there. It's I think for me, this has been the best case scenario because they've not had to tank, won some game, built the momentum, and now they're gonna get their quarterback potentially. There you have it. There you have it. So Brady says retirement is pretty unlikely. Murph's alluded to that before and then the Lions announced that DC Paul Pascaloni Pasca, Pascaloni Pascal Paul P and offensive line coach Jeff Davidson are stepping away from football both coaches joined Detroit in 2018 when Matt Patricia took over the reins yeah I don't know too much about those guys but I know less <laughs> uh, I think it was a question of are they being pushed out who knows I mean, I don't even know Paul P's last name. I can't even get that right. And then last thing on the head coach carousel, the Browns are to hire their head coach first, then the general manager, all with previous NFL experience. So speaking to Browns, people, Jack Duffin and a number of other Browns fans, 
uh, there's the route this will go will either be Josh McDaniels, who they now have completely to themselves, or Kevin Stefanski, who is the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Those two look like they're going to be the choices. However, there is that sneaky suspicion that Urban Meyer waits in the wings should the Haslam's not approve of either choice. So that is something that could happen. They, for me, that is the list of names you need to know. They've had a ton of people in. Eric Bieniemy, Greg Roman, uh, Mike McCarthy, who now has a job. Ultimately, the three names you're looking for, and if I had to rank them, I would say it is Josh McDaniels, followed by Kevin Stefanski, who Paul uh, Podesta, Paul D. Podesta, uh, really likes. That's the one he's pushing for, but Josh McDaniels comes with everything that comes with Josh McDaniels. But if the Haslam's aren't going to sign off on either, don't be surprised. If Urban Meyer jumps if in. If Urban Meyer himself gives a, gets a shout. Right, Rush Nation. Terminator 1 was good. Terminator 2 was arguably better. Murph, don't look quite so excited, mate. We just don't have time to dive into tight end debate 2.0. The great tight end debate of 2019 was epic. We're going to do it again because I've got a sneaky feeling that Travis Kelsey could be worth a higher round pick. But we don't have time to do it today. Okay. So, Rush Nation, there is a little tease. It is coming, and it is coming soon. So, Murph, hit them streets, big man. Let's do it. Cool. So, um, there was some good... Uh, I found this probably one of the best street segments of the season. Wow, well, good uh, talk. There is another uh, podcast out there who uses a very similar source to me, and some of these have been played on there. Um, but I wrote these down uh, sort of Sunday, very early Monday, um, but I've also then mixed it up and got some other ones that weren't mentioned because we vented the streets. The stats came here. Um, DK Metcalf's 160 receiving yards are the most by a rookie in a playoff game in the Super Bowl era. Um, Kirk Cousins uh, in notable games entering the 2019 wild card playoff games. He was 0-1 versus winning teams. Uh, with winning records, he was six six <laughs> oh, wins and 30 losses. That's horrible. Road games, he was 17 wins, 26 losses and two ties. Overtime games, he was zero wins, two losses, two ties. Cousins defeated the 13-3 and three Saints in the 2019 wildcard on the road in overtime. Kirk, Daniel, Cousins, what a hero. Welcome to the big leagues player. Yeah, owned it at last. Um, Taysom Hill. Is the first player in NFL history with 50 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, and 25 receiving yards in a playoff game. <laughs> who knows who will get that next. Um, here's some career playoff receiving TD numbers of notable players. Uh, AJ Green, one. DeAndre Hopkins, one. Calvin Johnson, Megatron himself, two. Marvin Harrison, two. Taysom Hill, two. Swiss Army Knife. <laughs> Taysom Hill's 50-yard completion to Deontay Harris traveled 54.7 yards in the air, longer than any Drew Brees nope. completion by air distance over the last three seasons, including the playoffs. The completion probability of that throw was 27.2%, according to next-gen stats. That's ridiculous. And, then, and people tell me that Brees isn't losing it. Maybe Taysom Hill's gaining it. Wow. Taysom Hill has played multiple snaps at tight end, five, slot five, wide receiver three, quarterback three, and running back two for the third straight game. Up until and entering week 16, he'd had none, no games like that at all. So he is the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Now, 
the Vikings fumbling might be a really good omen. That the last three teams to lose a fumble on the opening drive of a playoff game went on to win the Super Bowl. The 2017 <laughs> Eagles, the 2013 Seahawks, and the 2012 Ravens. This is good, man. Uh, I'd like to pull it out for you. This is it, good. It gets better. <laughs> no, you can't. The Titans' 71 pass yards are the fewest by any team in the playoff win since the 2009 Ravens, where they had 34 passing yards in a win versus the New England Patriots in the wildcard round. Now, 2009 was the last time the Patriots played in the wild card round. So the last two times they played in the wild card, they have lost, and they've lost the passing yard totals that were 71 and 34. How do you get beat? (laughs) You have Derek Henry. See ya! (laughs) Uh, Anthony Fersker is the first player from Harvard to score a touchdown in the playoffs in NFL history. This one I really like. I thought for fun I would pull... Derek Henry's high school stats. I have seen some of these. <laughs> these are not incorrect information. He played 48 games in high school, folks. He had 12,124 <laughs> rushing yards. It gets better. He had 154 total touchdowns. He averaged 252.6 yards per game. And in his senior year, he had 55 touchdowns. In 12 games. Well, that's just... He averaged almost five touchdowns a game in high school. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he the only running back uh, Heisman winner of the last 10 years? Yes. I mean, he is just incredible. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. This one, I thought I'd end, I'd save the best for last. Okay, go. Deshaun Watson with 55 rushing yards and Josh Allen with 92 rushing yards both led their teams in rushing yards in the wild card opener. This is the first time since 1950, so 70 years, that opposing starting quarterbacks led their respective teams in rushing yards in a playoff game. History was made. What a wild card weekend. It is in the books. Done. It was pretty good. We said it was good. I didn't realize it was that good. Well played, sir. Well played indeed. Right, Rush Nation. We've got a phone call to get to. So I guess for the first time on Video Math, this has been an absolute pleasure. Lee, behind the glass, thank you very much for your hard work, sir. Follow us. <coughs> excuse me. Follow us on at 5 Yard Rush on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Don't forget, if you fancy popping over to the Patreon, throwing a little coin in the tip jar, we would appreciate that. Yeah, Murph. I'll see you Thursday, Lee. I'll see you down the streets. But as always, Rush Nation... Don't forget, keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 